Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks to everyone who supports Daily Tech News Show directly. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Wednesday, October 31st, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. And from the Doctor's TARDIS, I'm Shannon Morse. Uh, from a non-exciting vehicle or location, I'm Roger Chang, the show's producer. <laughs> it's pretty exciting. Come on. <laughs> hey, it's Halloween. And uh, Shannon, Halloween. Shannon dressed up as the current Doctor Who. I did my usual thing and threw on a lab coat, so I look like a doctor. And we have Roger and Sarah declined to participate. <laughs> I was just going to go right past that, uh, but we but have I, treats. I technically, I'm in flannel, so maybe I'm a you know I'm a '90s grunge kid. You're a lumberjack. There you go. Uh, we have treats for you. They are things you should know about technology. <laughs> Apple added its performance management feature to the iPhone 8, the 8 Plus, and the 10 in iOS 12.1. The feature has become a bit controversial because it slows down a phone's processor if battery degradation is detected in order to prevent random shutdowns. Apple was fined in Italy for using this feature in older phones without telling its customers beforehand. Sprint reported earnings per share of five cents up from a loss of one cent last year at this time. Analysts expected a loss of one cent this time as well. Sprint added a net 109,000 subscribers who pay monthly down from 168,000 last year. Analysts had expected Sprint to lose 10,000 customers, not gain. A merger of T-Mobile US and Sprint is waiting for regulatory approval. And Apple pulled back the watchOS 5.1 update after some users reported it made their Series 4 get stuck on the loading screen, a.k.a. a lot of people calling it, it's bricked. Apple says, huh, okay, we got a fix for that. We'll get it out as soon as possible. And if your update didn't get stuck, don't worry, you're fine. You don't need to do anything else. Uh, so they're not only going to have a fix to make it not do that, but also unstuck the Apple watches that are stuck. All right, let's talk a little bit more about the efforts to get Mark Zuckerberg to appear in front of governments. 
<laughs> yes, let's. <laughs> Parliamentary committees from the UK and Canada have issued a joint summons for Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg. The chairs of the UK's Digital, Culture, Media and Sport, DCMS for short committee, and the Canadian Standing Committee on Access to Information, Privacy and Ethics, which I'm going to call SCAPE for short, intend to hold a special joint parliamentary hearing in Westminster on November 27th about disinformation and fake news. Other parliaments from other countries may join in. Zuckerberg has appeared before the U.S. and EU, but he has declined to appear in the U.K. Facebook has until November 7th to respond. So it's not unheard of to have these joint parliamentary committees, but it's but it's pretty rare. It's pretty unusual. And uh, I, I love the idea of the U.K. and Canada you know, both both with the queen in charge, technically, uh, of their countries, saying, "Who else? Who else wants to join? Any anybody else? Any other legislative body? Come on in. Uh, we'll all team up and see if we can make Zuckerberg answer the fake news charges." Well, but it. if he declines to appear again, then uh, not that it wouldn't still be a fruitful exercise. But I mean, they can't. They can't. Make him come to Westminster for this. Well, they have said that if he ever visits the UK again, they will slap him with a mandatory summons. Uh, but he can easily avoid that by not going there, I guess. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think he could probably get away with turning this one down, too, because he says, look, I've been to the EU. I can't travel every country that ever wants me. But if the UK and Canada get one or two more governments to join this, then it becomes a big enough deal that I think he kind of has to. It. Yeah, it be, it becomes a what are you hiding from if he refuses to participate, um, particularly because Facebook um, is in uh, a, a PR crisis of sorts in the sense that Facebook wants to be thought of as much more friendly and fun and social than it has been in the recent uh, last couple of years. I feel like there's going to come a time eventually where he's going to have to go because it's going to look so bad for their PR. I mean, they've been having so many negative things written about them publicly this year. I feel like they need to do this to get in the good graces of uh, nation states and governments. Well, I, I think in, in their estimation, they, they will send someone. They they haven't declined to send anyone. They sent their CTO. Maybe they right. could send Nick Clegg, the, the former deputy prime minister of the UK, back to the UK now that he works for Facebook. Uh, it's just a matter of who gets to have Zuckerberg uh, because that right. becomes a bigger spectacle if he does it. And And I'm not trying to say he couldn't have gone to the UK, but he can't go to every country who wants them so this is a smart counter to that like great well we've combined the countries now you can just come to one place and visit a bunch of once it's like epcot center for zuckerberg <laughs> well and canada and the uk together with other countries possibly participating that's i mean that's that's pretty big if facebook were to send someone other than zuckerberg or for whatever reason just decline outright mm, it doesn't really look that good for the company yeah all right, moving on. Starship Technologies is expanding its service to deliver packages by autonomous robot in Milton Keynes in the UK. Users install an app and then get an address of a Starship warehouse. Then they have their package delivered. Once the package arrives there, the app will notify the recipient who then can request the bot to deliver to them wherever they happen to be as long as they're within a two-mile radius of that warehouse. Starship says... Eventually, they'd like to increase that range. The first month is free and then costs £7.99 per month. Starship hopes to offer the service in San Francisco as well by the end of this year. Yeah, so the, the two-mile radius is not because of battery life or anything. It's because of time. 
Uh, these these starship robots, if you've seen them, they're they're a little low to the ground, ice chests on on treads, basically, uh, and they've been delivering restaurant food. They've been delivering pizzas and stuff like that. So they don't move terribly fast. You want if you want to take advantage of this, you want it to be better than having it sent directly from the the company you bought it from because maybe you're not going to be home, right? So the benefit here, I think, is is I'm not usually home. Maybe I'm out and about a lot. Of, maybe I'm a salesperson or or I work from home, but I am out, out at the coffee shop a lot uh, mm-hmm. or I'm at lunch. And this this way, it can just come to me wherever I happen to be. But it has to be able to get there in a reasonable amount of time or that advantage is lost. Sure. Like if there's perishable items or something that otherwise uh, doesn't sit well in a warehouse. I love this idea. And the reason is because I don't use Amazon, even though I pay for Amazon Prime. In fact, they just charged me yesterday. Um, mm. I, uh, I I don't use it as much as everyone else because half the time I'm not home. I don't know. The timing doesn't work out. Then I got to yeah. go to, you know, pick up my package later, like some UPS store that's not really convenient to me. It's, it's a nightmare. If I am within two miles of my home at any given time, which is usually the case, mm-hmm. this would solve that entire problem. I mean, I guess I'd still have the box perhaps dropped off at the coffee shop where then I'd have to get it home depending on what what it was that was delivered. So that could uh, enter in another set of problems. (laughs) However, I still get my package. Not a great option for your wardrobe, but, you know, if it's a a box of vitamins or something. Yeah, sure. It's exactly exactly. I don't worry so much about uh, my own delivery issues uh, where I live, but I do worry about the robots themselves, (laughs) putting them out on the streets and having them deliver. And given that they do run, you know, kind of slow, I feel like it would be very easy for somebody to steal them, to graffiti them up, to take out its parts and resell them. So I hope Mm -hmm. that they've done similarly to what Lime and uh, Bird have done with e-scooters. And they've kind of worked that into the prices of these whenever they do do the deliveries. Yeah, Starship has been operating in multiple places around the world, uh, both in the Europe and the United States and elsewhere, uh, as restaurant delivery for a while. So it's it seems as if they have overcome those challenges. Uh, if anybody works for Starship or, or has used this and, and knows particularly what steps they take to prevent that kind of tampering, etc. Uh, specific, not, not so much the, you know, making sure the package is only delivered to the right person. That's fairly easy to do with apps and locks, but making sure somebody can't just like pick the thing up and make off with it and disassemble it, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe it's because I'm just a jaded person in general, but Shannon, I'm with you. It's like, this seems like something that would be like, uh, you know, a cool thing to Instagram. Like, I got my robot. graffiti it up or (laughs) otherwise tamper with it or you know something where it's like put my show sticker on it (laughs) they are are monitored uh so maybe that's one of the ways that they can they can keep it from happening that's Uh, true nature has an article about the rising popularity among data scientists of an open source computational notebook called jupiter spelled g I'm sorry, J-U-P-Y-T-E-R. Jupyter lets users collaborate on software code, computational output, explanatory text, and multimedia resources in one document. So uh, one simple way to try to explain it, uh, you've got a web interface, you put in some code in a cell, you put in some code in the next cell, you send it to a cloud kernel that operates that programming language, and then you see how your code has handled the data that you want it to handle, and then you can make uh, changes to there, and you can collaborate with other people like kind of a Google Docs sort of thing. Jupyter has an enthusiastic group of users who also develop it, 
so it's really been making great strides in adding functionality. It can now handle dozens of programming languages. By one count, there are more than two and a half million public Jupyter notebooks on GitHub. That's up from 200,000 back in 2015. And there's a beta of Jupyter Lab that launched back in January. It's more of a computing environment. Uh, a single notebook can usually just communicate with one kernel. This allows you to operate multiple environment or multiple kernels and and cut and paste and collaborate uh, with a little more functionality. And f- uh, in fact, I want to know if anybody out there in the audience uses Jupyter, could you send us a one or two line explanation of what you think it is, what do you think it's important, and any cool examples of how you've used it to feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Well, I'm not a data scientist and I've never heard of Jupyter before. Um, so yeah, I I Especially because when I read the uh, explanation of what it is, it's like, oh, it's like GitHub, but no, it's different. It's actually, no, it's actually it, on GitHub. <laughs> it, right, yeah. right. It's, yeah, it's it's, kind it's, of like, there's an integration it, there, and a, I'd, I'd like to know more about how people are using that. You're not wrong, though. It's a little bit like GitHub meets Google Docs. I, I wonder if that's an accurate enough uh, description of it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I noted it because it's an open source project, uh, that's gaining wild use in a specific niche that is really important. Data science is, is one of the most important disciplines out there in computer science right now. Well, and with the growth like that, since 2015, having, you know, 200 K to, to more than 2.5 million at this point, I mean, it's sure. I mean, it's been a few years, but that's, that's some impressive growth. Yeah. We're both having cat problems. <laughs> Apple's did you new see that? <laughs> yeah, I totally did. <laughs> Yay video. Apple's new <laughs> MacBook Airs have a new T2 security chip, which helps protect the device's encryption keys, storage, fingerprint data, and secure boot features. The chip's new published security guide explains a hardware microphone disconnect feature that physically cuts the device's microphone from the rest of the hardware whenever the lid is closed. No software, even with root or kernel privileges in macOS, and even the software on the T2 chip can trigger the microphone when the lid is closed. The camera doesn't also disconnect because its field of view is completely obstructed with the lid closed. This sounds even more advanced than the Titan M security chip, which is currently available in the Pixel 3 phones that Google recently announced. And uh, when you look at that, the Pixel one, that one is specifically to uh, keep people from ending up uh, being able to hack your phone while it's booting up, which is when it's the most advantageous for an attacker to be able to hack it and is also the, the, the best time to do it because they would be able to get access to most of the vulnerabilities on a phone if they were available to them. Uh, so with this one, given that it does the physical disconnect with a microphone, I love that. That's just it's just so cool. It's just so, it's such a simple feature, but it's something that I feel is well needed for consumers. Well, what about, you know, if you compare to the way you described the phone booting up um, and the vulnerability that is within that sort of timeframe, what about the laptop booting up? Because it wouldn't be closed in in that case, you know, is, is it, you know, is there still sort of a, a window sliver that, um, that that would be vulnerable, uh, although this does sound very cool. 
I would say probably, uh, but I would have to do more research on it. And and there is another case where if you have a laptop in physical possession of an attacker, they would still be able to get around something like a T2 security chip because uh, your your laptop would be vulnerable in that sense. Once an attacker has physical access to a laptop, they could do anything. So this is more more likely to defend against um, remote attacks more so than anything, like remote yeah. access trojans. Yeah, there's two things going on here. Uh, so so it's try not to get confused, folks out there. There's the T2 chip, which is highly uh, secure and advanced, as Shannon talked about, and does some cool things. Uh, then there is also the physical disconnect that is part of the rollout of the T2, which is merely mitigating if your computer has been compromised. Uh, one of the things that can happen is the microphone can keep recording once you close your laptop. So even if you're paranoid enough to think, well, when my laptop's open, maybe somebody can monitor my microphone. When you close it, it can't keep monitoring you. It, it limits the amount of information that, that can be collected from the microphone. It's, again, mitigation factor, not the only thing you need to defend against these attacks. Obviously, as Sarah pointed out, you know when you're booting up or even if you just have the co- computer on and open, there could be other attacks that are able to access your microphone. And there's other defenses for that. This is, this is just a cool new thing. Like Sarah, Shannon said, it's, it's a very simple way. It's not even necessarily a feature of the T2 so much because it's, it's a hardware disconnect it's yeah. it's a design feature that that is that is great digital trends and extreme tech are among a handful of outlets reporting user problems with nvidia's rtx 2080 ti graphics card above the normal complaints that you would always see along with pretty much any new hardware launch the users report that the card is not working on arrival or failing pretty quickly after use with multiple users saying they're on their second card after a replacement or have had more than one card fail. NVIDIA says it's not seen broader issues and is working with individual users with problems. Yeah, I, I, I found this interesting because when I saw the digital trend story, I thought, meh, new hardware, you know, always complaints right. because they make millions of these things. And when you make millions of things, a few of them fail and then people complain loudly and then digital trends or somebody else gets a great story out of it because clickbait, right? Uh, not accusing yeah. digital trends of necessarily being clickbait, but you know, the verge tech crunch, they all do it, right? It Especially seems when, like one of those. Yeah, stories. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but with extreme tech getting on board and Tom's hardware got on board too. It does look like there may be something more and extreme tech wrote their analysis very well to say, we don't know that there's something more going on, but it looks like there are more people complaining, particularly because people are complaining that more than one card had this happen to it. That's unusual for launch hardware uh, complaints. Usually with hardware launches, you're going to expect like maybe a 10 or 10 percent or less uh, will have failures on upon, you know, shipping. And that's just going to happen due to manufacturing or shipping issues or whatever it might be. But given that people are experiencing multiple cards. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Uh, if they're doing like a dual card setup uh, and seeing both of them fail, that could be a much bigger issue with the manufacturing in itself. And given that these are so very early on, like these are the pre-orders that are currently shipping out right now, um, it could be something that's so early to catch that hopefully NVIDIA will be able to fix it pretty quickly if it is a much bigger issue. And NVIDIA says it's not seeing a broader issue. It makes me wonder if there's a regional issue. Is there one warehouse that had the bad batch and they're the same warehouse that's sending the replacements to people who got the first round of the bad batch or, or some weird logistical uh, quirk like that that could explain it as well. But you know, we'll, we'll try to follow up on this if we see any more significant information about it. If you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com. We got another take on avoiding the notch today. The Nubia X is a Chinese phone with a second screen on the back meant for selfies, although it is also a fully functioning screen to operate that smartphone. Uh, it's a six plus inch uh, LCD screen on the front, but it's a 5.1 inch OLED screen on the back, which allows them to only have one camera. You don't need a selfie camera because you just use the OLED screen as your selfie screen when you use it as a selfie and use the LCD screen when you're taking a front, you know, a forward facing picture. That way they don't have to have a notch. And actually they save money because they only have to have one camera set up. Uh, This brought to Shannon's mind the fact that we've seen a couple of slide out cameras recently, the Mi Mix 3 and the Honor Magic 2 that both kind of just slide down so the camera pops up. That's a way to avoid the notch. There's also uh, the Vivo and the Oppo cameras that have the camera that pops up out of the top of the phone to avoid the notch. There's the bug in the Pixel 3 that a few people pointed out and Google has acknowledged where rotational uh, movements get confused. And so the blackout of the screen for the notch happens on the side (laughs) as well as at the top uh, because the actual (laughs) physical notch is up there. And this all led Shannon to wonder, uh, is the notch that big of a problem? Yeah, so I was really curious about um, everyone's take on this, really, because I'm I'm seeing 
this trend from overseas manufacturers, phone manufacturers, where they they seem to be noticing a lot of hate towards the notch because of negative reviews on YouTube or maybe articles written up or this this bug in the Pixel 3 that happened and which is also getting an update so it'll be fixed. And I have not experienced that on my Pixel 3 XL, so just putting that out there. Uh, but it made me think, is the notch really that big of a problem? Because I've personally, I've been using my Pixel 3 XL for about a week now. And the only time I really notice it is when I expand a YouTube video to take up the entire screen. And then there's a very obvious black notch in the corner of it kind of taking over some space uh, inside of that video. Other than that, Whenever I'm, you know, using it for regular applications, I don't really notice the notch. And on top of that, Google has also added in the developer uh, settings menu where you can change the notch, where you can make it disappear and just have a black bar at the top like the Pixel 2 XL or the Pixel. Uh, Or you can just uh, add a much taller notch if you wanted to for some strange reason. Yay, developer settings menus. Uh, But (laughs) it it makes me more notch. (laughs) I want more notch. Yeah, there's a corner notch. It's the weirdest thing ever. But you know, have fun if you really want it. I don't I don't understand why the notch is so hated. Yeah. Why the hate on the notch? Would we rather want front facing, you know, uh, speakers like stereo speakers that are honestly the quality is quite good. And do you want dual front facing cameras that offer you a wide angle lens? which come with the sacrifice of having a notch or do you want to have a full front screen that has bezel-less uh, edges with just one camera on the back? So well, sure. I mean, you say you, you use the word sacrifice and I know a lot of people, you know, aesthetically you don't want the notch to be there. Okay. I get that. But yeah, you, it's sort of like, well, what is more important to you? Once you get over that, you know, do you, do you want these cameras? Cause that's where they're going to be housed and that's how it's going to work. I don't understand why so many folks are such purists about having that rectangle be notch free. It's not like there's an actual hardware notch taken out of the phone. I think the idea of something popping out of the phone and then popping back in as nice as that sounds, just introduces like lots of reasons for sand to get in there or for it to break off. I, I don't like that at all. I would prefer a notch. I, I'm I, the same way. I get why people don't like the notch uh, because I have the same reaction the first time I see one. The first first phone I ever had that had a notch was the Essential phone. And I didn't like it when I saw it on screen in the demo when they announced it because it's an imperfection. And and if your eye wants to see a perfect screen, you yeah. see this little blob that's that's disrupting it. But I have to say, in practice, it, I I got notch blind. I didn't see it anymore. Like in, in the course of my day, and the same thing has happened with the iPhone 10. I just don't even notice the notches there. Like you just get used to it, or at least I have. Uh, so I I understand the resistance to it. I think. Probably my favorite solution. Well, I, I got to say the Nubia X is really interesting. I'd like to wor- live with that for a while and see if it, it really worked as well, because that's really elegant, like just full front screen, no compromise. You got a full camera on the back. It's the best camera. You got one camera that's awesome for both things. You can't do face ID or something like that with that necessarily, I guess, because you have to keep flipping it over. It's not terribly convenient. That's interesting. The slide out camera, uh, Especially the Mi Mix 3, which uses the dual neodymium magnetic rails, so apparently it's really smooth. Uh, That's pretty nifty. Also, again, 
you're going to do touch ID. You're going to do a finger, not touch ID, apologies, a fingerprint sensor uh, for those because uh, it's it's not going to be easy enough necessarily to do facial recognition. Uh, but I, I, I kind of like the convenience of that. But frankly, I don't know if if I care that much now that I've lived with a notch for a while. Now, this does beg a question from me. If we can put something like a fingerprint sensor in the screen, uh, and maybe this is way too futuristic at the moment, but if we can put a fingerprint sensor in the screen like we just saw on the OnePlus 6T, Mm -hmm. would it be possible to hide a camera or hide the speakers behind a screen on a phone? Yeah. Uh, Because I I feel like that would be possible. I I feel like I have seen a TV at one point or another have a sc- uh, speaker hide behind the screen, but yeah. correct me if I'm wrong on that. No, I, I think it's perfectly possible. And and the Honor Magic 2 has the, the in-screen in fingerprint sensor as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. And oh, no, I'm sorry. It's not in-screen. It's on the sides. So you have two fingerprint sensors, one on each side. Uh, and those buttons can be used for uh, for other things as well. Uh, I guess it's the Mi Mix 3 that has the, the in-screen fingerprint sensor. But um, yeah, uh, it's, there, there's lots of ways to go with this to avoid the notch. <laughs> or do we actually need to or avoid the notch? Deal with the notch. I mean, this is a very unpopular opinion, but I hate Face ID and I wish Touch, I wish touch ID was back. And here's why. There are so many times where my phone is flat, like on a desk surface, right? Like where I'm sitting right now. I can see the screen. I just don't want to pick up the phone. I want to do little things from mm-hmm. from from where it is. Face ID is annoying that way. So you know when I when I when I think about the advances in smartphones, oh Face ID, you know, remember Touch ID, and now we have thinner bezels and all that stuff. It's like actually in practice, it's not always better. You know, in my opinion. Yeah, I notice it the most when I drive. If is the you know I, if it goes to sleep and I'm you know at a stoplight or I'm parked or something, I I have to like lean over. And, yes, it's the know, lean, it's the lean over thing. It. It's like no, it's not hard to do, but no, it's not. It used to be something that it's I could annoying. do without having my face in front of the phone. Yeah, kind of miss those days. Well, anyway, thinner bezels, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> let us know feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Are you a notch lover or a notch for me? <laughs> uh, speaking of feedback, you know where feedback is great because we know what you want to hear more about on our show. That's our subreddit. You can submit stories and also vote on others at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. Thanks to everybody who submits stories. You really help us out. It's really good to have a hive mind in there. Also on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. Ooh, is that the mailbag? Oh, it is, Tom. Uh, funny that you saw that. It, 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 it's uh, the perfect time. Felix actually wrote in uh, and had some feedback on Google's Play Pass uh, uh, that we talked about on the show the other day. Felix says, Amazon had their underground program that offered free games and apps. It was part of Prime, but it was discontinued a couple years back. I still have a few of those apps, though, since they stopped the program. In regards to PS Plus, the games are yours as long as you're subscribed. If you don't renew them, then the games aren't accessible. Avatars, themes, and DLC for games are yours to keep, though. I'm sure I'm not the only one to clarify this, since not all of us are avid gamers. Mm. Nope, you were the only one to clarify it. But thank you, Felix, uh, for clarifying <laughs> that. And uh, and and yeah, Felix adding to to Aaron's uh, comparison of Amazon's uh, program with with the potential Google Play Pass as well. 
Well, thank you, Felix. And also thanks to Shannon Morse for being with us this fine Wednesday on Halloween, no less. Shannon, where can people keep up with what you've been up to lately? Thank you, Sarah. Uh, You can find me over on Twitter. I'm at snubs, S-N-U-B-S. I just posted a really fun, spooktacular Winchester mystery house tour thing where I talked about, I think I caught a ghost on camera, guys. I'm pretty sure I caught a ghost on camera, so you should check it out. But if you were you at the Winchester mystery house? I was at the Winchester mystery house. I love that tour. What a fun fun tour. It was really fun. But if you're interested in just the tech stuff that I do, techthing, tekthing.com where we just reviewed the new Cavo Control Center. It was really cool. And if you stay tuned till tomorrow, we're going to have a review of the Pixel 3 XL going up. So I'm really excited about that with camera uh, testing against the Pixel 2 XL too. So that'll be fun. And uh, ThreatWire is my other show. It's at threatwire.com or .net, I'm sorry. And uh, we just reviewed and talked about the news about an adult site that had their data leaked. And it was pretty pretty big deal, even though it was a somewhat small leak. Uh, so stay tuned if you want to hear about all security and privacy news on ThreatWire for that one. Yeah. And in fact, you get a little threat for our cross post every week on patreon.com slash DTNS. If you're a patron, uh, Shannon has been providing both audio and text versions of that uh, little expansion on on topics of interest. So go check that out as well. Uh, and if you are amongst the gamers in our audience, we've got gamers on this show, Patrick Beja and Scott Johnson, who get together once a month and talk about games from a tech perspective. That's a whole separate show you should go subscribe to right now if that's the kind of thing they're into dailytechnewsshow.com slash mvgb our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com thanks to everybody who writes in we read them all and we try to feature as many as we can we're also live monday through friday at 4 30 p.m eastern 2030 utc and you can find out more or tell a friend at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live back tomorrow with justin robert young talk to you then happy halloween This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs) Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. 
And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.